You didn't get the response that I thought you were going to get. So look at somebody else. Find somebody else and say, your problems are temporary. But God is eternal. This is all I feel like saying this morning. That's all I'm there to say. I got a full-blown manuscript. I'm gonna, it done shrunk it to five minutes. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. Don't go too far, praise team. <laughs> Again, I say, rejoice. Again, I will say, rejoice. Paul is talking to the church, Philippi. And it's amazing because... Paul is giving them <laughs> encouragement and instructions at a time like this. What is this time I'm talking about? Paul is giving instructions and encouragement to the church <laughs> of Philippi, <laughs> Philippians. I said, while he's in jail. Anybody ever wrote any letters while you were in jail? Okay. Anybody wrote any letters to some folks that were in jail? See, some of y'all here lying because you've been to jail. You're just mad because nobody wrote you back. <laughs> Says rejoice in the Lord always. My goodness. He's talking to the church, and it's amazing because he's had a catastrophic event. He's in prison for preaching the gospel, <laughs> he's locked up for preaching the gospel, and he's writing this letter to a church, not just a church, but a church that he founded. Like we founded Beyond Measure Ministries, 2012. And it's amazing some of the things that he's telling them to do because it appears that they've gone off a little bit. Let's say astray. Not only have they gone off a little bit, but they need some instruction and encouragement. How many of you know that when you receive instruction, encouragement has to follow? Uh, they have to encourage you to follow the instruction. Because obviously there's a reason why you're not following the instruction. Sound like I'm talking to my children. But he's had this event to take place in his life and it's amazing because these events that have taken place in his life did not kill him. And in the midst of him writing, he realizes that also 
he still, even having gone through these events, he still has a purpose. And I've come to the realization that God prescribes. <laughs> God prescribes. He gives us a prescription, if you will. Sometimes, many times, to endure the events that have taken place or is going to take place in our lives. It amazes me how many times I've gone through things and I didn't really follow the instructions and when I go through, you know, the Holy Ghost hits me on the head and say, I gave you instructions some time ago. Only if you had of followed through with them. It does not mean that others or the events won't arise, but what it does mean is that your wisdom, watch this, and knowledge increases because God takes everything in your life and he uses it for the good. For the Bible says that all things work together for the good. I've learned that a lot of folks want their healing, but they don't want to go by the prescription. And what I want to talk about in my last two and a half minutes of, of, of kingdom time <laughs> is that I want to tell you this morning how big our God is in the midst of your circumstances. That's when he's really real big. I'm going to let you in on a little secret this morning. And that secret is the folks that are on your roll. I'm letting you in. I'm letting you in. The folks that are on your roll, don't look at them, but they're on your roll. In fact, the person that's sitting next to you, don't look at them. The person that's sitting next to you got some drama in their life. Don't look at them. They got some drama in their life and the great part about it, I want to let you know that it doesn't matter how they look, the color of their skin doesn't matter, those nice fancy clothes that they have on doesn't matter, the smooth fragrance that they're wearing, it's a cover up, it doesn't matter. What they're driving, where they live, their denomination, how sophisticated they may appear to be. They have some drama in their lives. Mm. I appreciate those five amens. But the truth be told, everybody has some drama. Let's just be real this morning in our lives. Everybody has some drama and I come to find and come to the realization that everybody has something that drives them crazy. Uh, something that's about to make you lose your mind. Something that has happened that will cause you or is trying to cause you to throw in the towel and quit. 
I mean, something that will make you the average person, because we're not average, that will make the average person give up and throw in the towel. Let me get specific here. I mean, there's someone here with sickness. There's someone here with disease. There's someone here with marital issues. So don't raise your hand. There's somebody here going through some problems. Maybe a divorcee. May have a little stress, a little depression in your life. Loneliness, brokenness. I mean, going through something, not enough money to pay your bills. Something is going on in your life. Ask me, how did I know? Because you're breathing this morning. But our God has given us a prescription for our problems. It is this letter that Paul has written, and he's given these instructions to these folks that he loves. You know, people struggle with instructions, especially the folks that you love, because when they hear the instruction, it... it, it doesn't really parallel but it almost combats the things and the actions that they have going on in their life and I'm not a stranger to it because I have to counsel a lot of people and I don't mind being counseled myself and when you've been counseled it, it, it really doesn't feel good and if you have a counselor in your life that's just patting you on the back and rubbing your big head let me tell you something you better run up out of there as fast as you can because you don't have a counselor you have a masseuse somebody to massage your problems and not provide therapeutic you know what I'm saying so Paul gives uh, these three areas I hope I get to them because I'm, I'm, I'm really closing son I'm closing he gives these three areas and here's number one You've got to have the right attitude. Oh, so simplistic. You have to have the right attitude. Some of us have the wrong attitudes. What am I talking about? He tells us in verse 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. He tells us at the beginning that you have to learn how to rejoice. That means how to be cheerful, how to be happy, how to be content, how to learn how to approach your problems with the right attitude. Somebody say the right attitude. Oh, man. I mean, to have the right attitude, you know, there's nothing worse than trying to console, encourage, counsel somebody who has nothing but complaints. I mean, it's, it's tough to counsel someone in the first place, but if everything that comes out of their mouth is complaining, complaining about everything, and they never have really any good thing to say about anything or anybody, that's a tough place. I'm baffled because I, I experience a lot of people who come and join this ministry, and, and, and while they're here, they really don't verbalize any complaints. But when they exit, I mean, when they exit, you know how, how the folks, when they walk out of your life, you know, they begin to magnify all the wrongs in your life. But while they're with you, they embrace everything, even your wrongs. I mean, when they exit this place, they get on all these social media sites and they give these complaints. And it's, it's, it baffles me because, you know, 
you're complaining about, let me just put this on notice, ain't none of y'all in here, but you're complaining about everything that the ministry has going on, and I, you know, I hate when I hear this because, you know, the ministry's about money. Now, you all know I don't like raising any secondary offerings. However, I should be raising them many Sundays because when I look at the numbers compared to the budget, talk to me, <laughs> they don't line up. But what, what seems to amaze me is that you have a ex-parishioner to exit the church <laughs> and leave with so many complaints. But while you was here, we were helping you pay your mortgage payment. While you were here, we were helping you pay your light bill. While you were here, we was helping you make a car payment. While you were here, we were putting food on your table clothes on your back assisting your children and now we are about that money oh my goodness I'm like really we kept the roof over your head we kept you from losing your house kept you from foreclosing y'all excuse me a minute from losing your life and you got the audacity okay I'm, I'm done now I'm done I got it out I got it out Whoa. talk about a Facebook no you don't need to be on Facebook you need to be on your face <laughs> okay I feel good now I, did I call any names it's a lot of conviction in here because you know there's some people on your road that have spent some complaints I said spent some complaints I ain't bought you nothing and so Paul is Paul, y'all go tell them I said it they streaming right now, it's all good you know, somebody asked me Pastor, why do they why do so many people have so many negative comments about the ministry I said, well, I don't know you know, people are people and they asked, well, why do they watch us and continue to come and stream and still have all these negative comments and complaints? I don't know. I never left anybody and complained about them when I left. I may have rejoiced that I was gone, but I ain't going to spend time complaining about you and not been set free, freed, Delivered. <laughs> I ain't got time to spend time on you. I'm like Jesus when he told his mother and his father, I'm going to be about my father's business. I told somebody, let me, let me put this in here, man. I told somebody, you can't really think that you're that important. That I'm going to spend time in my study time to write about you. Really? Let me move on. He says... <laughs> He says to rejoice in the Lord always. That means all the time. And in verse number six, it says to be anxious for nothing. But in everything, it says be anxious for nothing but in everything. So that says no matter what you're facing, no matter what your problems are, no matter what comes and presses you, you have to be anxious for nothing. I know that we got some folks here saying, well, pastor, 
How is it that I can rejoice when nothing is going right in my life? How can I rejoice when all hell continues to break loose in my life? I thought you would never ask. Watch this. The reason that you can rejoice, watch this, is because we know that all things work together for the good. I wish you knew the scripture. I'm not crying, I'm not complaining because I know that God is orchestrating some events in my life and he has my back. And when I get through this thing, I'm anticipating, and when I get through this thing, everything is going to work together for the good. Let me get here. As a matter of fact, God will not, listen to me now, will not allow anything to enter into your domain of your life that he has not signed off on. Listen to me. He signs off on it. He's already put enough in you to handle what he has signed off on. I said, I don't know how I'm going to make it. Yes, you do. How you been making it? I don't have the money to do this. I didn't think they would do this. Listen, God has already prepared you for this. Mm, oh, man. I wish I could get personal, but I got to be in a real counseling session to do so. What's this? He knows what he's placed in you. <laughs> he knows my name, my talents, my perimeters. He knows all of these things and he knows my business. God says, so I am through Paul to rejoice always. I says, hmm. the attitude is not only to rejoice, but in verse 6, it says again, to be anxious for nothing. And the word, watch this, anxious means that your thoughts are consumed, watch this, and contaminated <laughs> with some stuff that you shouldn't really be concerned about. When you are anxious, you spend your entire day and your entire night thinking about that very thing that has approached you or, or snuck up in your life. And you walking around, got the nerve to walk around with bags under your eyes, talking about I can't sleep and I can't think. God has your back. The Bible says that he never sleeps nor slumbers. I know you heard this before, but if, if God is never sleeping and never slumbering, then why in the world are we staying up all night? It says, <laughs> uh, the text says to be anxious for nothing. And the word, watch this. The word nothing in the Greek, in the Hebrew, in the Aramaic, in the Septuagint Bible, in the Vulgate Bible simply means nothing. <laughs> Good God Almighty. Whoa! It simply means nothing. That's nothing that you can bring to the table that you're to be anxious over or about. There's nothing that you should bring to the table or that the devil brings to the table that you should be losing sleep over. What does that mean? Nothing, pastor. Not one concern, not one issue, not one problem, not one challenge, not one dilemma, not one dispute, not one obstacle, not one, not one, not one. Don't be stressed out. Don't be consumed by anything. Tell someone not anything. 
That's the attitude you have to have. Are you with me today? Okay. Now, some of us in here are stressing out and burdened and consumed by what you're going through. Listen, we're struggling and can't finish or go through the process because our minds are wrapped around what has happened yesterday. Let me, let me get here for a minute. Let me go on to my next point because I want you to get this. Ah, my next point, not only do you have to have the right attitude, but you have to take the right action. See, when folks are complaining about the church, I take it serious. I take it personal. But you've never seen me respond on a Facebook or a cookbook about any of that nonsense that goes on. Listen, follow your leader. You don't have to get on Facebook to respond to anybody. You say you have a prayer life. You say that you're living right. Well, continue to live right and do right. And you'll see things come to fruition. <sighs> oh, let me move on. Let me move on. It says, it says in verse 6, it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. In everything by prayer and supplication. Watch this. With thanksgiving. There it is. He said, pray. You know what pray in the Greek means? Prayer in the Greek means to worship. To worship. And the problem with the church now is, is that we don't know how to approach God. We, we approach God with, I want. Do it for me, Lord. Heal me, God. Move me. I want to feel you. But the Bible says to worship. It says to pray, which means to worship. Let that sink in for a moment. Some of our prayers are, are not getting through because we are going about it the wrong way. Right? We automatically go into this thing with a request. Okay, okay, okay. Watch this. He says to worship him. says to worship him and and to worship him means that if he doesn't really do another single thing for me I'm still going to worship him and if you can't find anything to worship him for all you gotta do is look back over your life and worship should come out of you I mean, just look back over your life and the worship should come out of you. If you can't look back over your life, look back over your mama's life. Look back over your daddy's life. Look back over your family members. You have something to worship God for instead of asking for his hand. It says, seek his face. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We don't know how to approach God. And we approach him instead of humility and being humble. We approach him with a some type of righteous indignation that he's supposed to just give me something. 
everybody's caught up in talking about this prosperity thing. I tell you, Jesus never preached prosperity. Jesus always preached the kingdom. And everything within the kingdom is wrapped up in the kingdom. And that's where your prosperity is. Watch this. Let me do this right here for a minute. He says, let me get on down to the bottom. Bottom. We've got action, which is prayer, supplication. This is a scripture with thanksgiving. Watch this. Last of that says, request. Seven says, and the peace of God. Somebody say, the peace of God. Which surpasses all understanding. Will guard your hearts and minds. What does that mean, pastor? That means that when fear and depression and stress and all these things is warring in your mind, the peace of God is going to fight off everything that's trying to approach you. You've got depression trying to keep you up at night. The peace of God is going to give you what you need. The Bible says that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding you can't figure it out why you haven't gone crazy yet is because the peace of God is over and covering your life it means the peace of God is beyond your comprehension when the devil is trying to reign in your life the peace of God is going to keep you covered when you got folks in your life that's trying to shoot those fiery darts at you peace of God is going to block them off when you got people in your life trying to write you off it is the peace of God that's going to keep you saved it's the peace of God that's going to keep you covered it's the peace of God when you haven't been healed yet it's going to keep you it is the peace of God when they really walk out of your life never call you back again it is the peace of God that's going to keep you it's I had this, I had this mindset when I was coming to church today that, you know, I was walking and I had fear show up. And I was walking, I had defeat show up. And I was walking and I had all these circumstances and financial issues and the church and church folks and church members and church folks with great craftiness and, 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 and all these plots and, and things of the enemy and all these witches praying against the church and all these warlocks trying to pray on God's people. And he said, peace. And everything, everything that was trying to take your life, he says, I know you don't understand it, and it's really not for you to understand, but that's my peace. Wiping those things out of your life. Somebody say, Peace. You stand up all night, it is peace of God that's going to keep you. The sing lullabies to you rock you to sleep it's the peace of God listen listen I'm really finished man. let me close this listen if if we really really embrace the peace of God you would question yourself <laughs> 
Uh, sometimes I say, Shannon, why haven't you gone crazy? Why didn't you fire back? Mentally, verbally, and physically? Shannon, why didn't you take their lives? Shannon, why didn't you approach them when they attacked their family in the church? Why didn't you approach them when the attack came on those kids in the school? Because the peace of God, the peace of God trumps my flesh every time. You got to get in tune with the peace, which is the spirit of God resting on your life. The peace of God will change your heart. The peace of God will change your mind. The peace of God will change your motives. The peace of God will cause you to walk upright. The peace of God will cause you to walk through the valley. The peace of God in the midst of darkness will keep you walking, keep you straight. They're snapping at you, snapping at you, trying to take your head off. But the peace of God. You've got some people, I've got some people that are attacking us who want you, watch the plot of the enemy, want you to lose your mind, want you to throw in the towel, want you to go to jail, want you to lose your character, want you to step outside of your integrity. They want you to do it. So they say, I told you so. I told you that was in that pastor. I told you that was in that girl. I told you that brother wasn't real. They want you to step outside of your comfort zone. The reason why you're in your comfort zone is because he is a comforter. And he rocks me and embraces me in the moments that I shouldn't be losing my mind. And everything that the enemy meant for evil, God's gonna turn it around. I said everything that the enemy, that the devil meant for evil, God's gonna use for your goods. Look at three people and say he's gonna turn it around. I laugh at people talking about the church can't sustain. Church ain't gonna make it. Nobody was here when God said, Show up and walk the land. See, we get we get <laughs> above ourselves and think somehow we did it. We think we did it. When the whole time, it was God doing the doing. It was God doing the healing. It was God replenishing the fold. It was God rejuvenating, regenerating the church. It was God. It was God. And so, and so, we get to this place where, where we think that we have arrived 
and we have some type of great power to go off on people just because they do you wrong. Don't you know if you did what you really wanted to do, then you wouldn't have, you would blemish your testimony. Don't you know if you really did what you wanted to do in your flesh, that you would go beyond and defeat your character? All the character building you've been doing. Don't let the devil get you out of character. All because they say they church folks. All because they wear a certain suit, speak a certain way, walk with such elegance. Don't you let them fool you. So, I've learned, I've learned to take note how Jesus suffered. Isn't that what your aunt used to sing? I've learned how Jesus suffered. Ah, I can't sing without do it. I've learned how to. Are you gonna give me? I don't know no more. Listen. Can you sing it, Bridget? Can your mama? Where your mama? Can she sing it? Can mama sing it? Come on, sing it, mama. Can you sing? Can Budgie sing it? Can anybody from the family sing? Kimber, can you sing? Rika. How Jesus suffered. Somebody better take the mic real quick. Just I've learned how to live holy. I've learned how to live right. Come on, come on, where you at? Come on, coach. I've learned how to suffer. For if I Come on. We're closing out right here.
Jesus. Come on, let's celebrate Jesus. Celebrate Jesus. Sometimes you just feel like you can sing. <laughs> but it's really, it's really not my singing. It's, it's the ministry in the world. That's why I keep telling y'all, you ain't got to be no preacher. You just got to know the word for yourself. It's got to be in your heart. <laughs> y'all hear me trying to hit a note right there. Go on. Listen. Listen. All heads bowed, all eyes are closed. <laughs> Glory. Like Christ, I shine so bright. Now my vision is taking flight. I've dreamed a dream more. I've dreamed a dream more. I've dreamed a dream more. It's kind of like the one before. Behold the sun, the moon, and the stars. Made obeisance to me. Because that's the kind of God that you are. You give power unto men. 
You give power to women. You're the strength of your anointed. For you are my saving strength. For you are my saving strength. Yes, you are. You are my saving strength. For you're the strength of your anointed. For you are my saving strength. Bless that Lord right quick. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. That's the Lord. Right here, every head bowed, every 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 hand connected. You're standing here today, every eye closed. If you're standing here today, if you're standing here today. You're in a place to where you really want to throw in the towel. You really want to throw in the towel. Let's be real and transparent. Or if you've been in that place and it's still resonating in your spirit. Let's be transparent today. Run down to the altar real quick. If that's you, release that hand, run to the altar. Release that hand, run to the altar. Come on, real quick, release that hand. Don't be ashamed, run to the altar. You can have a title. <laughs> you can have great status. But all of it is useless if you don't have your mind. There's a parallel in the Bible. Many times when it speaks of the heart, it's speaking of the mind. And many times when it's speaking of the mind, it's speaking of the heart. They work together. more of you you almost took your own life I'm not going to say something but God would not allow you to do so I don't care how many times you've been to the altar I don't care how many times you've been to the altar hear me now hear me now if that's you and it's not quite gone yet and you still have those moments run now I don't care if your husband your wife is here run now doesn't matter what position you hold in the church run now this is worth it this is worth it the entire congregation know that there's somebody's mother is on this altar there's somebody's father on this altar there is somebody's sister somebody's brother somebody's friend somebody's relative somebody's child that's on this altar you may have a relative that's not here listen to me you may have a relative that's not here 
it is up you to stand in the gap for that relative if that's you and you know who they are get here if you know who they are get here why am I coming pastor you're coming for peace and peace is going to keep them from